1: Today we are starting a brand new series called Blown Expectations. And over the next couple weeks, we're going to be talking about the fact that in all areas of life, there is a gap between your expectations and your experiences. And whenever you have an expectation of something, whether it be a person or a circumstance, whenever there's a gap and that expectation has been blown between what you expect and what you experience, inside that gap is where frustration is born. Inside that gap is where disappointment is born. And so many people go through lives so incredibly frustrated uh, when it comes to work, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to church, because uh, of, of not knowing what to do with this gap. Not knowing what to do with blown expectations. So, I want to go ahead and tell you what we're going to talk about in this series because I believe it's something that um, you can invite some coworkers and some friends to. It might be very helpful. Today, I want to talk about what do you do when you have expectations of other people that go unmet? They disappoint those expectations. Now, I know none of you have ever had your, dis- uh, your expectations disappointed by anyone. I mean, your husband always compliments you before you even have to ask, right? Your, your kids are always getting along. They always clean their room and, and brush their teeth and floss. And, and like when they're in public, they act right together and they don't scream. And like, I, I know that's the case. But, but for the rest of us, you, we're going to talk. What do you do when you have expectations of other people and they're constantly just disappointing those expectations? Now, if you're sitting next to that person right now that is the source of your disappointment and your frustration, if they are the gap in your expectations, just don't even look at them. Don't flinch right now. Just stare straight at the screen. I'm going to help you get through this. Act like there's, there's no application. This is not relevant to you at all. And we will, we will make it through this together. But today we're going to talk about blown expectations when, when, when you have an expectation of someone and, and they don't meet those expectations. Next week, I, I feel like it's going to be very powerful, and you might want to invite your friends to because we're going to talk about what do you, what do, you do when you feel like you had an expectation on God and he disappoints you? What about when, when God? Disappoints your expectations. Then the week after that's going to be Thanksgiving. We're very excited about uh, our our worship time together. And then the last week uh, that we'll be talking about uh, on this series, we're going to be talking about the topic: what happens when other people have expectations of you, and you continue to disappoint those expectations. Probably something every one of us in this room uh, can understand and can deal with. But we're going to be looking over these next couple weeks at um, a couple passages of Scripture that talk about three different people in the Bible. So really, um, we're going to talk about uh, these three people. Their names are Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and they're siblings, right? So uh, uh, Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus um, are going to show up in a couple different passages, and we're going to talk about this over the next couple weeks. So really, this is like one big sermon that we're just going to spread out over the next couple weeks. So I hope uh, you, you will be here for all the weeks of this series called Blown Expectations. Now... Diving into this, we're going to see in this first passage, we read about, um, we see Mary and Martha in this passage, but Lazarus isn't there yet. Because really, this is a passage about women cooking a meal. And you're like, so where's Lazarus, the man? Well, he's nowhere to be found. Who knows, right? Um, So we're going to take a look here in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It says this, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way. He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you even care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Everybody say expectation. Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, Jesus answered, is like, Martha, Martha, Martha? You're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, but it will not be taken from her. Would you pray with me before we dive into this? Heavenly Father, I believe that you want to speak to us right now. And and God, that's what we ask for. We ask for your help right now, that you'd move me out of the way, you'd move any distractions out of the way. And instead, God, as we get into your word, you'd teach us today how to deal with this area of, of frustration and disappointment in our life when it comes to our expectations. So help us today, God, to understand your word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. So the context of, of really this series is the fact that there is a gap between our expectations and our experiences. And it happens in all areas, areas of our life. So anytime you're planning for something, it might be for a summer vacation, you have expectations of what you will experience on that vacation, but then when the vacation really comes around, there's a gap between what you expected and what you experienced. When, when it comes to Thanksgiving coming up and you're making plans right now, there's gonna be a gap between what you're expecting and what you experience, especially if there's extended family involved, right? I mean, the, anytime that we have anything where we have hopes about and expectations about, uh, there's a gap there because we'll, we'll build a picture of the way we want to see things and what we experience is different than that many times. So when it comes to your job and your income, you have an expectation and, and what you experience, there, there's a gap. When it comes to raising a family, there, there's a gap between what you experience and and what you expected. See, in in all relationships, it's the truth. Even when it comes to marriage, when when you have a plan of what your marriage is gonna look like and you're preparing for the fact that that you're gonna come together, this merger, if you will, of two lives coming together. There's a lot of times a difference between what you're expecting and what you experience. I know for Amelie, I, I blew her expectations in every way. Everything is so much better than everything she could have expected in her life. Yeah, there's a gap, <laughs> and you know it, and I know it. In, in every area of our lives, there's, there's a gap, and it's, it's in that gap where frustration is born. When we have hopes of the way certain things will be, and then what we actually experience is different than that, there there's frustration born. And anytime we raise our level of expectations, it, it raises our level of frustration as well, because... If you think about it, there are things now that we expect that we didn't expect even 20 years ago. When it came to like back like 25 years ago, back when I was in high school, I can remember when my, uh, uh, my father got us hooked up on AOL. So we had internet access for the first time. And, and I remember I was doing a report for school and I thought it'd be really cool if I could print off a picture on, uh, of a hawk for this report that I was gonna turn in in school. So uh, I talked to my dad about it. He's like, that's great. We were so excited to use our computer. So what we did is we went downstairs before dinner and we turned the computer on and we used the mouse and clicked over to where AOL was, and we clicked it, and you started hearing the dial-up modem start. And what we did next, many of you understood, we went to dinner after that. Because we knew this was a process, something, it was going to take some time, you know. And then when we got back that evening, we spent several hours finding the picture that we wanted to download. We clicked download, and we went to bed. And I went to bed hoping that when I woke up in the morning, it would be available on my computer screen so I could print it off in the morning. Now, think about that level of expectation. I was so happy. It took, it took a full day to be able to get this picture downloaded. And I was like, man, we got it done. It was awesome. But my level of expectation has certainly risen. Because just last week, I heard a song on the radio and I wanted it. So I pulled my phone out and I pulled into my, my, my child's school parking lot and there's like a black hole of data there. And, and, and I, I tried to buy the song and it just wasn't responding to me. It kept saying purchased and then the little thing was turning. And I'm like, dear God, it's been like 10 seconds. Like are they expecting me to just like die in this parking lot of old age waiting for the song. Are you kidding me? I started, like, I was losing my mind. I think I'm going to go change cell phone carriers because this is unacceptable that, can you imagine that I had to give 15 seconds of my entire life because I could not download the song I wanted right at that moment? I was losing my mind, but why? Because I, I, my expectations have risen to a level that now all of a sudden are so unreasonable that like, uh, I, I'm, I'm, like, think about it. 20 years ago, if I wanted a song, I had to like wait for a day off and drive to Hastings. <laughs> like, you're flipping through the CDs and I can remember being mad because I just wanted the one song and they're sold out of the single. So I have to buy the whole album now. Anytime you have an expectation, you raise that where that level of expectation is, there's going to be a gap between what you expect and what you experience. And in that is where frustration lies. And man, so many of us, what what we do is we tend to, we tend to get frustrated in life. And we start to think, you know, the way I think I can cope with this is I'm going to have to just drop my level of expectation so that I'm not disappointed anymore. And, and we can start to go through life that way. And people who make the decision to just lower their level of expectations, what happens is they become, they become unhappy and they become cynical and they become judgmental and they become just, just frustrated in all areas of life. And you start to hear the Eeyore tone come out in life. Well, it's just the way things have always been, just the way they're gonna be. If it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. And you hear people start to go through life with that cynical negative, just why? I'm trying to drop my love. I remember talking to a guy one time and he was telling me, he goes, son, let me just tell you my philosophy for life. I'm like, okay, what? He goes, I, I, I always hope for the best, but I expect the worst. I was thinking, man, it must suck to be your wife. <laughs> like I thought that, I didn't actually say that. I just, I kept it on the inside, right? Like you, cause if you can lower your level of expectations to a point where you go through life completely unhappy and, and you can't do that. Uh, that's not where we're going in this series because you have to understand that our expectations determine our experiences in life that you can't go through life just lowering your expectations. No, we, we have to understand what to do with the gap. Because if you just go through life with low expectations, you're gonna miss the fact that we will find what we're looking for. And if you are expecting certain things, you will find them. I mean, that, that can be your experience at churches. There are people that came into church today and their expectation is a negative expectation coming in just looking going, I wonder if I'm gonna be judged today. I wonder if I'm, gonna be fit, if I'm gonna fit in today. And I wonder if I'm gonna find hypocritical people today. And coming in just looking like, what am I gonna find wrong here? And their experience is gonna be completely different than the person who comes in and going, I wonder how I'm gonna find God in here today. And I'm so thankful that there are people in here that are just as messed up as me that are receiving His grace because that means I can receive His grace too. And, and we have to understand that this, this expectation in life can't just be dropped. So, so what am I saying here? What do you do with the gap between your experiences and your expectations? Well, the answer is not to just lower your expectations, but instead the answer is that we allow God to fill the gap between what we expect and what we experience. And we see this in three powerful movements that take place in the lives of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus that we're going to look at today in these next couple weeks. And and I believe that as we look at this and see their their expectations being blown, sometimes in negative ways, sometimes in positive ways, uh, there's so much that we can pull out of this. And you might look at the story and go, okay, this is a story about Martha, and and she had an expectation that her sister would help her prepare a meal, and her sister didn't do it. Like, big deal, right? Like, because if, if we were honest, there are many of you in here that you have expectations that you've had in your life that as they've been disappointed, they have been much more painful than something like a meal that that someone didn't help you prepare there are some of you in here that you're like, I had an expectation when I got married that we would be married like for 50 plus years, like my parents have been married. And, and I expected when, when he said I'd do that he would be here, but he's not anymore. And I, and I expected that when I took this job, it would help me pay the bills and provide for my family. And I lost the job. So what I'm experiencing is different than that. And, and I expected that when we prayed and God, that God would heal this person, I, that, that they'd be healed, but, but, but it didn't happen. And now they're they're in heaven and and it's like where I had an expectation it got blown and it's painful so we look here at a at a woman who's been disappointed in something as simple as well she had an expectation that she'd get a little help from a sister go, well how applicable is that well I, I believe that without negating the fact that there are some of us in here that have really experienced some true pain, some true disappointment in life, we can pull principles out of this that won't just help us for the simple things that you and I will be disappointed in, but, but really help us even with the very painful things that you and I will go through in life. Because God starts to teach us some principles in this passage of scripture. And I want to just go ahead and dive into five points today. And hopefully I've got time to get through them. If not, I'm speaking next week. So we'll just bump it to next week. But, um, but I want to give you five principles we can pull out of this little passage of scripture we just read about Mary and Martha. And, and I believe that this can be so helpful to you because we're all going to experience disappointment. We're all going to have expectations that are going to be blown and we can react to them in a way that Jesus teaches Martha how to react to them that can change our lives and make our lives so much better. So the first principle that we can pull from this uh, when it comes to blown expectations is number one, I cannot expect what I do not express. Man, put that in your phone, write it down. I just saved someone's marriage with that right there. I cannot expect what I do not express. See, a huge part of our frustrations with other people is the fact that we have unexpressed expectations. And how can, how, how can you expect me to do what you want me to do without ever being kind enough to express to me what it is that you want me to do? like I need a little help I can't read the thought bubble that's like popping up over your head right now you got to tell me what what's going on here what what is it that you expect from this relationship what is it that you expect from this vacation what is it you expect from this uh, experience and see we've got to give Martha credit because at least she was willing to express what she wanted at least she had an expectation, and she brought it to jesus. she brought it to the right person, she brought it to jesus she didn 't bring it to Mary she 's like, "I know my sister 's a little spacey I ain 't talking to her about it i 'll talk to you about it Jesus like don't you think that there's something wrong here shouldn 't she be in here helping me as well like like i, I, I don 't feel good about this. I feel like maybe somewhere along the way, she should be the one coming in here and helping me, but a lot of us we don 't even do that we don 't express what's really going on in our hearts. What we do instead is if we're the one that's in the kitchen by ourselves working, we start like banging pots and pans together and now I'm cooking as loud as I can possibly cook. (laughs) You think it'd be silent to make an omelet, but no, I will be loud today. Because if I'm gonna be in here, like certainly you're gonna be in here with me as well. And you're gonna know if I'm out here being comfortable, well, what's that noise in there? Oh, that's Dan slaving away in the kitchen. Poor Dan. Poor Dan, why is he in there all by himself? And so many of us are like, if I gotta get up early in the morning, I am gonna stomp across this house. I'm gonna turn the water fountain on as loud as I can in the shower. Like, oh, it's cold in here. (laughs) If I'm up, everyone should be up. But no, Martha's like, okay there's something's not right here. I don't feel good about the fact that, that I want some help and no one even knows that I want help. So man, at least she came out and she said, I, I want some help, this doesn't feel right. And let's pause for a minute because I've heard so many pastors preach on Mary and Martha and, and, and I get what we're doing. To get to the, the applicable points, it's so easy to just throw Mary, or sorry, throw Martha under the bus and be like, don't be like Martha. Don't be like, you want to be like Mary at the feet of Jesus. Don't be like Martha, right? But hold on a second, because let's back it up and let's read here in verse 38. This is what it says in verse 38. A woman named Martha opened her home to him. Don't forget, if Martha didn't open her home, Mary wouldn't have a place to sit her cute little head and listen to Jesus talk. Right? Because it's like, we say, don't be busy like, if, like Martha. If no one's busy like Martha, we don't eat, right? So let's not be rough on any person in here that, that has the gift like, like Martha does to get stuff done where she decides I, there's a job that needs to get done, I'm gonna get done. There's something that where their work needs to be done, I volunteer, sign me up. Like we, we never wanna write off the fact that, that they wouldn't have had a meal, they wouldn't have had anything take place if it wasn't for the fact that Martha was willing to step forward and, and say, I'm gonna do the work. But the, the problem here is that her gift of getting things done also became a problem for her because her gift turned into a sense of resentment because I'm doing right now what I know I should be doing, but I think everyone else should be doing it as well. So, so I'm frustrated. And that brings me to the second point. The second point, the second principle we pull from the story is this. I'm not authorized to negotiate anyone else's relationship with God. I'm not authorized to negotiate anyone else's relationship with God. I think there's a lot of times that we're disappointed with other people because we have expectations we place on them because we expect them to express love to God and love to us the same way that we would express love to God and love to other people and one of the things that uh, I've learned being married for we're coming up on 20 years now okay? I'm pumped about that this woman has put up with so much <laughs> But being married for 20 years, I recognized that in the earlier years of our marriage, I, I had this thing where I expected her to show love the same way I do. I expected her to serve the same way I do. I expected her to worship God the same way I do. And I started recognizing, I'm so thankful for this because God has used our relationship to reveal to me the fact that God made her so uniquely different and speaks to her in different ways and uses her gifts in different ways where I am so thankful that she doesn't do everything the same way I do and I'm so thankful that she doesn't serve the same way I do and act the same way I do Uh, but no we've been made with unique differences and and see I can't take my convictions and I can't take my expression of love and put that as an as my uh, expectation on anyone else I met a man one time in, in our church and he was so frustrated because he had a heart for homeless people he used to go feed people in the parks and, and, and we honored that. We loved that. That was amazing. He came forward and he's like, we, we got to help the homeless. So I'm like, absolutely we do. Of course we need to help the homeless. It's so wonderful that you're doing that. He goes, I feed people in the parks and, and, and I've got a heart for them, a burden for them. i I think it's wonderful for that. And if you have a heart for them, then you should be helping the homeless. And he got so frustrated because he expected that my, my um, response to him would be our entire church then from now on, we're not even gonna do church anymore. We're gonna just meet in the park and help you serve the homeless. Because what was he doing? He, he wanted us to co-op his plan and his passion. He wanted us to be the ones that were like, I'm gonna take my passions of what God has called me to do and set them aside because God has given you a passion where no, God, God speaks to each of us individually. And at the end of the day, God, I'm gonna to have to stand before God and, and, and make an account for what I've done with the gifts he's given me. And you're gonna to have to make an account for what you've done with the gifts he's given you. And he's given us different passions. And see, Martha was frustrated because she had an expectation that other people would help her. Now, what's interesting about this is it says she opened her home. So she's like, guys, come in. Jesus, come in and eat. I'll host you. It's going to be awesome. But then she's mad because she had committed herself to something that her sister didn't commit herself to. So now she's mad at her sister. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and said, Lord... Don't you even care? See, we can't place our perspective of God's expectation on, uh, of us on other people. Because then we start to think, like, nobody cares. No, Nobody cares about what I've got going on. Well, have you ever flipped it around and thought maybe you don't care about what God's doing in their life? Maybe God told them to do something. Maybe God's given them convictions on something. And are you co-oping their passion and their dreams and, and their plan? And so much frustration can lie in the fact that we get to a place sometimes in our own dysfunction where we start to try to negotiate, well, if you want to have a good relationship with God, it has to look exactly like the way my relationship with God looks And we learn from this principle that that first off, number one, I can't expect what I do not express. Number two, I'm not authorized to negotiate anyone else's relationship with God. And then number three, I must resist the temptation to draft others into my dysfunction. This is a fun one. <laughs> I must resist the temptation to draft others into my dysfunction. Because Martha was actually the one with the problem, but her perception was that Mary was the one with the problem because Mary wouldn't join her in her frustration and her dysfunction. Like the problem was with everybody is that no one gets it, Right? It's like, it's always gotta be someone else's problem. It can't possibly be mine. But at some point in our lives, we have to look and we have to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. If everybody says that I'm annoying, right? If every relationship I've ever had ends with ending, if every job I ever have, I've been fired from, if every church I've ever been a part of, I've left because it wasn't deep enough. If, <laughs> ooh. Um, if every job I've ever been at ends in termination, it's like, we look at this, at some point we have to say, wait a minute, maybe the common denominator here is not everyone. It's not the job. It's not the people. It's not the, maybe the common denominator here is, I think I'm just going to get off that point. (laughs) It's a little too convicting. It says this, see, Martha went to Jesus expecting him to fix something with Mary and and the answer that she got from Jesus was unexpected because she wanted the problem fixed and she thought the problem was elsewhere but instead Jesus started dealing with her personally and don't you know if you really are going to God about what's going on in your life and you're being honest with him about your frustrations, there are going to be times and and some of you in this room know this, that there are going to be times that you will go to him and you will ask him, God, will you fix the circumstance or fix my wife, fix this problem. And God starts going, how about we fix you? And he leaves you right in the middle of the circumstance because he knows once he fixes you, you can handle it. You can handle whatever that you're, whatever you're in right at the moment and it says here Lord don't you even care that my sister has left me to do all this work by myself tell her to help me so again she thinks the problems with with Mary Martha 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 the Lord answered you are worried and upset about many things but only one thing is needed Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her See, I wonder if at this part of the story she's, she's wishing she didn't go to Jesus, right? Like I could have just kept this to myself and banged pots and pans by myself in here. And, and I wonder how many times as I read this, I wonder how many times in my life I've been upset with other people um, because they wouldn't enter into my dysfunction. Uh, I wonder how many times I've been upset with a person because they wouldn't be mad at who I was mad at. <laughs> Anyone else? That's just me. I feel really alone up here right now. Um, it's like, see, I couldn't draft them into my dysfunction. It's like, have you ever been mad at someone because they wouldn't be as overcommitted as you? Have you ever been mad at someone because they wouldn't say yes to too many things because they, they weren't hurting like you were, That they, they, they weren't doing as good as you were? Like, have, have you ever been mad at someone because they wouldn't get into your same dysfunction. And that's kind of the picture that we see here where, where Martha, you can just imagine it. You can see it unfolding where Martha's in the kitchen and she's like, can't you see I'm miserable in here? Won't you come in here and be miserable with me? It's like, whoa, that sounds like a party I want to go to. Sign me up, right? But a lot of times we, we get frustrated because when we're dealing with our own dysfunctions, we, we, we push off. You see, if we allow our lives to just be ran by our own desires, our own dysfunctions, always trying to get other people around us who will, will think the same way we do and, and, and allow us to feel good about how messed up we are, what we do is we run away all the normal people in our lives, and then all you, you end up with is you're surrounded by a bunch of crazy people. And, and like Everyone thinks the same way you do, and you're wondering, why am I unhappy? Why am I so frustrated? It's like, God, help us here. Because we learn from this story that, that Martha was trying so hard to get other people into her area of frustration and Jesus is like, hold on, hold on a minute. Maybe the problem's not with Mary because he says, Martha, Martha, Martha. Like, what you're doing is good. It's so good that you decided to serve. I'm excited about the cooking. You know, the casserole's gonna be amazing, right? But Jesus but like, do you understand? I'm the son of God. Like, just... Ask the disciples what I can do with a couple fish and a couple loaves of bread. Like, I don't need you to cook for me. Like, I didn't come here so, just so that you would serve me. I came here so I could be with you, so that I, I could share in life with you and share in experiences with you. Like, like it, It's not just about you serving Jesus. See, he wants to do something in your life. And that leads us to the fourth point. That the greatest source of my frustration with others is my confusion about what God expects of me. Cause see here here Martha is she's like I gotta cook, Jesus is coming over, I gotta clean, I gotta host, I gotta be ready for all of this, and 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 she's like, Don't you even care, Jesus? And Jesus could have just as easily answered back with the same question. Don't you care that I'm here? Don't you care that I have come here to be with you to to teach you? And see, there's a lot of us that were confused because of our expectations of others. Sometimes we have it confused because really we're taking God's expectations of us and putting them on others. And, and I got to stop for a moment and just say, like, don't think for a moment I'm saying that we shouldn't have standards in our lives and uphold people to standards because you can't just decide, you know, I, I'm just going to be lazy and say I'm just trying to have a Mary spirit. Like, like remember, Mary didn't have a house, right? But, Like we have to uphold standards, but but there's a place where so often we're driving others to do something out of the fact that we have a misunderstanding of what God even wants from us. And I wonder when was the last time you asked God personally, between you and your Heavenly Father, when was the last time you asked him, God, what do you expect of me? What do you want to do with my life? How do you want me to serve you? How do you want me to give? How do you want me to reach my friends and family? What is it that you want from me? Because once we start to understand that, we can start to interact with people in a much different way. We see this because it says, Jesus said, you're worried and upset about many things, but one thing's needed. So instead of Jesus imposing Martha's expectations onto Mary, Jesus gives Martha a whole new ex- understanding of his expectations of her. And we know that she gets this because we see that a passage we're gonna look at in a couple of weeks in John 12 too. We see that there's another time that Jesus comes over and, and is eating a meal at their house. And the Bible says this in John 12 too, Here a dinner was given in Jesus's honor and Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. So something in Martha had shifted where she started to understand that what God is expecting of me, he's expecting of me. And he expects other things from other people because we notice that in in John 12, it doesn't say Martha was frustrated and saying, Jesus, send Lazarus in here to help me. It's like he's not dead anymore, so send him back in here. It's like he's got, stop being lazy, get in here and help. Like, no, he's... It just says she simply served. She started to understand what is it that God wants of me and maybe what God wants to do for you in this season is to help you not superimpose your expectations on other people so much anymore. Of God, would you just fix my kids? God, would you just fix my husband? God, would you just fix my boss? Would you, would you fix my finances? But instead, maybe he wants to impart a new expectation of you. Because when we really start to understand what it is that God wants from us to be with us, to be in relationship with him, to to, to serve him with our unique giftings and abilities. Once we start to understand that, then we're empowered to, to affect people as a husband and as a wife and, and as a boss and as a coworker. We can start to really truly be effective in loving people. Where I'm not gonna just be frustrated with you because your life doesn't look exactly the same as me, but I know what God wants of me and I know he wants something for you too. And then lastly, because we're, we're out of time, I want to go ahead and close with my, my last principle that we pull from this passage, and it's this. Don't let what you expected keep you from what God wants you to experience. Don't let what you expected in life keep you from what God wants you to experience. Because what Martha expected was that, that people would help her host, that Mary would come in there and host. But But what Jesus had in mind was not that Martha would just work for Jesus, but what Jesus had in mind was that he would do a work in Martha. And see, there are a lot of times that you and I are going to have expectations in life and they get blown. And and when our expectations are blown and things didn't turn out the way we wanted, we can get really frustrated and really cynical and miss the fact that maybe they were blown in the first place because God is wanting us to experience something with him that we wouldn't have experienced if everything always went our way. have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought for a moment, it, if things always went your way, would you know what you know about God right now? If things always went exactly as you planned and you were never disappointed and you were always happy, you were always just walking around in clouds, would you understand that your God is a comforter? Would you understand that he, he, he gives you direction in life? because? For many of us, as we look back on our lives, we recognize I learned what I learned about God when I was going through the difficulty of disappointment. And I wanna pray for you, church family, because I believe that over this next couple of weeks, we're gonna start to learn how to navigate understanding what it is, that God, what God wants to do in our lives when we go through times where our expectations are blown. And I believe there's many of you now that, that what you feel is you feel like I, I expected something of God and he didn't do it, and I'm frustrated with God. And I want to tell you that, that you're in a safe place to feel that way. And you have friends and loved ones and coworkers who feel that way as well, and that's what we're going to talk about this next week. So let me pray for you before you go. And I wanna encourage you to invite as many friends and family as you can to this next Sunday. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for each and every person in this room. And I pray that you would help us in life to, um, to really allow you to fill in the gap where we've been frustrated. Where so many of us, we, we've had hopes and we put expectations on our life and on other people and our jobs and circumstances and all that. And, and we recognize that it's leading to so much frustration, so much disappointment. So God, help us to handle it. Help us to bring it to you. And God, we pray that you would change us in the process. So thank you for each and every one of us. We love you. We pray that we look more like you as we leave here today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. I love you, church family. We will see you next Sunday.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10, 9. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on a cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week.